गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय शिशि गोराद माधव की जय गोर भक्तवृंद की जय गोर प्रेमानंद Good evening and welcome to everyone. Nice to be with all of you. Some coming for the first time. Right? First time here? Yeah. I know you of course, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming. And maybe mature this is the first time you came to? Yeah. It is, right? First time, yeah. And Kanaram is your friend? Hello. Welcome. I don't see him. Oh, welcome. Yes, Michael. So we are supposed to ask questions tonight so the 50% of the burden of the <laughs> of the discussion is lies with all of you and uh, tomorrow morning we'll have a I'll give a lecture some devotees have uh, I had mentioned it and they had asked further if I would speak something on the Poganda Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu so we'll we'll see where that goes in the morning and then uh, I think typically the, we've been having these programs in the evening at the land on Saragrai with a fire and campground and all that uh, setting and so forth, but uh, the threat of inclement weather has kept us inside. We'll see what happens tomorrow evening where we'll have another session of question and answers. So are there any questions tonight? Yes, Pranada. I was reading, this is a, a question about prayer, and in relation to things that you have said in the past about, we know we have a goal to, that we want to achieve, but we have to realize where we are on the map, we're here, and it's going to take some time to go there, and we need to know where to, how to go. So I was reading recently um, in um, Kukshetra when the Pandavas uh, were assembled and um, the Vrindavan Vasis also came. It's described that people had different kinds of prayers. Some people wanted perfection in religious practices. Some people prayed for love for Krishna, and some, the Rajvasis, just wanted Krishna's happiness. So I was thinking how um, I was thinking I was doing pretty good praying for bhakti, for, for love for Krishna, until I read that and said, "Oh, you know, I fall short. I, I, I should only want God's happiness." His pleasure. So um, I, I assume that means that prayer should be according to where we are, um, and maybe we should pray more realistically from where our position is, so that we can make some interim progress before we're just starting to pray for the highest thing. Could you make some comments about that? Yeah. Well, um, vandanam is one of the angas or limbs of the body of bhakti. Vandanam means prayer. And um, there, other than what you've read there, 
which I would want to look at a little more closely, um, I would think offhand, um, without looking at the texts, that the distinction between praying for love and for the pleasure of Krishna alone was um, a distinction between uh, Vaidhi Bhakti and and Rag Bhakti, and maybe we'll come back to that. Um, but in a more broad sense, the Vandanam prayers, this again is an anga, a limb of the angi, the body of bhakti, of which there are many. I think Rupa Goswami enunciates, uh, enunciates uh, 64, is it? He likes the number. 64 qualities of Krishna, 64 angas of bhakti. Uh, as Krishna is said in Hari Bhakti Vilasa Sanatana, have unlimited qualities. 64 are some of the prominent ones mentioned by Rupa Goswami, and similarly there are more angas of bhakti than those that are mentioned by Rupa Goswami. There are sub-angas within angas, um, and so forth. Some angas are complete in themselves, some of them have subdivisions. The general idea in that uh, section on sadhana bhakti, of which there are two divisions, the vaiti bhakti, or dutiful uh, worship and love, and uh, let's say spontaneous uh, uh, affection, um, rag bhakti. So the two, uh, which for two different destinations, a destination where the Godhead is worshipped with reverence and awe, and a destination in which the Godhead is worshipped in, in intimacy. So, such a division on 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 each type, sadhana, but the angas apply to both, both rag bhakti and and uh, invaiti bhakti, and um, and the way he. Uh, explains them or lays them out, if you will, is such that uh, if a careful study reveals that there are angas for engaging the mind, for engaging the body, for engaging the speech, and so forth. So you see, it, when he talks about sadhana bhakti, it's a whole consuming affair. We like to think of ourselves as sadhakas, means practitioners, and at the time of initiation we get according to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, sadaka deha, a practitioner's body, which is no longer a material body, but it's kind of a spiritual body uh, as a work in progress, something like that. Wherein, as this, the senses and mind of the body that constitute the external, inter- internal, or biological and psychological aspects of our sense of self are um, absorbed in uh, bhakti or in touch senses and mind only with objects of the world for the pleasure of Krishna. So we deconstruct our present sense of self, which is arising out of contact with the mind and the senses of sense objects. Without the Godhead in the picture, a different kind of identity arises out of that. And we have to deconstruct that. This is a beautiful way of doing it um, uh, through sadhana bhakti. So as that sadhana bhakti is in place, as we actually become a sadhaka, it's a huge thing. I mean, you know, everybody wants to become a siddha, but <laughs> to become a sadhaka 
as it's described by Rupa Goswami, is a huge uh, accomplishment. Hmm. And it's very fulfilling in and of itself to be able to look uh, at our uh, guru in the eye or the Vaishnavas or self in the mirror and say, I'm a sadhaka. This is what I am. This is what, I'm li- this is what my life is orbiting around. There are other things, depending on my station, my situation as a householder or as a, as a monastic, for example, that I'm doing. Um, but this is the central uh, hub around which everything I'm doing is orbiting, and this is my trajectory that that I'm um, you know, moving in the direction of the of the ideal of uh, um, to attain prem prem prayujan. That is our goal. So uh, to be a sadhaka, big thing. Mahaprabhu told Sanatana. At the time of initiation, one gets a spiritual body. He doesn't mean there, if you study the context, a internal siddha meditative body for serving Krishna and Krishna Lila. He's talking about the, the sadhaka day, the practitioner's body. So you're somewhere, it's a body that is not perpetuating material existence, that's deconstructing the identity that your material existence is centered around. Um, and so the angas, ang, as I say, angas for speech, for for uh, for the for the senses, for the mind, uh, you know, prayers done in the mind or could be done with the speech. Um, so it's very comprehensive, hmm? sadhana bhakti, very wonderful uh, idea. It's it's the first stage of bhakti. The second stage is bhava bhakti, and the final stage is prema bhakti. And most of you are aware of this, but the the division between the sadhana bhakti and the baba bhakti is a division between engaging in bhakti with the senses, more or less like an apprentice, going through the motions. Sometimes it's said imitation of a good thing is a good thing. Hmm? Um, bhakti proper has not only an active aspect to itself, but an emotive aspect to itself, right? So, first we haven't got, we've got material emotions, and we're riding on the waves of that, and through sadhana bhakti we'll find, we'll steady the course, so to speak, so that the waves, as they get high, with some happiness, achievement, or whatever, emotional high, um, we don't get taken away by the high and lose sight of the fact that as high as it gets, the wave is as low as it crashes down in due course. So such as the ocean, right, of material emotion. So yoga, in a basic sense, and bhakti is a, is a yoga of sorts, then it's about kind of steadying the course on this ocean of uh, material emotions and reaching the shore. On which stands a lighthouse hmm, of the of Guru and Vaishnavas in the night of the storm of our uh, uh, sojourn on the ocean of material emotion, it's saying to us uh, a little bit at a distance, but beaming brightly, nonetheless, there is a shore, hmm. there is land, uh, come this way, something like that. Hmm. So it becomes our, our our guiding light, our example, hmm? that uh, such a, an ideal may be invisible to us, 
But practically speaking, at the same time, it is visible to us in the form of uh, the Vaishnava Sadhu. Hmm? Um, so, um, to be a sadhaka, uh, study the course there and not be taken by the highs and lows and 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 um, have another and much higher high, if, in, if you will, in mind that has no low to it. Here the highs and the lows are part of the same problem. There there are highs and lows in the ocean of bhakti and um, they're both... Um, they're both blissful, and the other side here, it's, it's really one form of misery or another. The highs are good, but because they don't last, they're bad. <laughs> they're disappointing. So, on the other side then, highs and lows of union and separation, for example, are both both blissful. So, so Mahaprabhu says, you get a, you get a sadhaka day, a, a practitioner's body, and it's spiritual. The task is really to to spiritualize it and to actualize what initiation constitutes. Initiation, the diksha, is under the jurisdiction of what we call sambandagyan. And so I have defined it uh, uh, or translated it as a kind of a conceptual orientation. It's like how things fit together. What's the relationship between myself and matter, the viewer and the... Uh, and the and that which is viewed, and matter, and the Godhead, myself, and the Godhead, and and so forth, finding our uh, an orientation, who we are in relation, what we are in relation to everything else, that um, constitutes the entirety of the Godhead and his shaktis, where we are in the body of God, we are really um, living, if not in the body, in the dream of God. So this is a good way to kind of. Think about ourselves and and uh, not get too uh, intoxicated <laughs> with our present position. We're part of somebody else's dream. He happens to be a very wonderful uh, person, and he is he's having good dreams about us. But <laughs> but um, we have to understand that we're part of that dream to really take part in it, and um, and uh, live the kind of happy life that uh, that his. Uh, Dream life is about, in a sense, the Vrindavan Leela is the is the dream of uh, of God, and the uh, material world is kind of the nightmare of uh, Vishnu. He goes to sleep, and he has good intentions, and thus he arises and becomes many. But because his jurisdiction is the Maya Shakti, the objective world, the subjective units of consciousness that are the many that are atomic kind of examples of himself um, have the potential to be overwhelmed by the influence of the Maya Shakti that they kind of turn on by being in touch with. A show starts and then we are, the show is started and we can't get out of the seat and realize we have uh, another life independent of that. So we need some help for that. So it's kind of a kind of a nightmare of Vishnu in a sense. Uh, and so then, then the, the manifestation of the Veda and the and the avatars and, uh, and to make make bhakti available. It's a leela, Krishna hmm? leela, it's called. Hmm? But um, but but meanwhile in Vrindavan, the, the Krishna is kind of daydreaming. And day, you're awake when you're daydreaming. Whatever he dreams, it's happening. His Surup Shakti, 
and which is so prominently manifest there. This is his own internal shakti. It's not really manifested by any means in the same measure in relation to Vishnu in the world of, of material existence, or to speak of in Brahman. But in the in, in, in the Brajlila, where the, this uh, uh, Sarup Shakti is so prominent that we that the, the Gaudiya, um, if there was a word or two that constituted the essence of the bhava of bhakti, we know a few words that constitute the essence of the tattva of bhakti. What are they? So there's four. Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna is the fountainhead of all forms of divinity. It's a very important point. If you plumb the depths of that tattva, then Krishna says in the Gita that if you do that, Hamsarvasya Prabhava Matasarvam Prabhartate, he says. Iti Matva Bhajantimam Buddha Bhava Samanvita Raga Samanvita. You are now in a position to attain me in Raga. Bhakti, that's what he says. It's in the tenth chapter of the Gita. He says, Aham Sarvasya Prabhu. He's saying, I am Swayam Bhagavan. By saying that, what I'm telling you is, I, you have now understood that there is a, an object of love, me, he says, who can take unlimitedly. Everything comes out of me. The buck stops here. Everything comes out of me. Everything is meant for me. I'm the center. Hmm? Everything else is the circumference. Hmm? And you're supposed to feed the center, right? To be nourished. Hmm? And he says, so if you if you know the center, this is very, very important. Because if you want to give unconditionally, you, 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 and love unconditionally, you have to have an object of love that you can repose without reservation your love in Vishnu, for example, a manifestation of Krishna is not that same object because you cannot repose love in the same measure. You can worship him with awe and reverence at a little bit of distance, but but not an in intimacy. He's, he's, he's got his own, he needs his own space. Hmm? That's Vishnu. He needs his own space. Hmm. He got his chambers. He comes out every now and then. Hmm? Uh, but Krishna, there's no privacy. <laughs> there's no, uh, he's always uh, with his devotees. His leela is constant. I mean, he has no no time to sleep. He steals back before the dawn hmm, to pretend to be asleep, uh, so that he's not. Um, yes, couldn't be more important. Thank you. Please hand it in. The delivery man. <laughs> he thought he might have been intruding some important session and I wanted to make him feel that he had an important uh, role. <laughs> role. So he you know he 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 has to cover up the fact that he's been out rendezvousing with the gopis all night and so quickly Slip under the covers and uh, pull the shade down, and but the, by that time, practically, the cowherds who have been like all night long dreaming of cowherding with Krishna, they don't have a deep sleep there. They sleep, 
but it's not deep sleep. So they're not resting either. You only rest in deep sleep when the mind also shuts off and there's no dreams. Hmm? Right? When you go to sleep, the body shuts off in relation to being active um, in connection with sense objects. And, but the mind continues in dreaming, and if there's too much dreaming, you, you can't rest very well. When the mind shuts off, then that is like susupti, entering into Vishnu when the world comes back within him, the context of his his creation, Leela, the Shristi Leela. And oh, it's very, very restful. Hmm? All the karma is suspended. The psychic dimension, the physical dimension of matter are in, 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 enfolded back within him, suspended. Hmm? Um, that is somewhat analogous to entering into Brahman, except in Susupi, again you wake up, and the karma comes again, and the world cycle starts again. But entering into Brahman, you don't wake up again, but who wants to go to sleep forever? Deep sleep. It is an attainment, it is a spiritual attainment, and it's compared to that. But... That's not our interest. <laughs> Indeed, we, we, we are quite uh, opposed more to that than being in samsara. It's a very peculiar idea of, of, that is really relative to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, its, its perspective. Better to be in samsara, you know, within material existence, where there's a chance to meet with devotees and uh, change the course of your, your material uh, trajectory and not go back into Vishnu and not be misguided by the this widespread idea that material life is troublesome, true, hmm? and it's like being chased down the street all the time. Someone's always after you, and the reason is because you're always after somebody, and whether you admit it or not. <laughs> we're on the take, so to speak, and so, um, and we're and we're slaving. Right? We all have to work. We're slaving, so everybody wants freedom, rest, freedom. I don't have to do anything. We're all working for the vacation, hmm? for the day off, putting money in the bank for our retirement. There will be a time when I can just huh, sit. Uh, yeah. So this is material life. We're, 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 we're active for the sake of sitting, um, if you will. Um, and so in the, in the sacred texts of the Hindus, the, 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 the more uh, a, a prominent idea, we look at the moral life of the Hindus, as we call it the Varnashram, a system for attaining the small g, good, right? Um, but in the context of dharma, artha, and kama, in other words, the material uh, well-being, artha, dharma, uh, 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 virtue, uh, comma, sense, enjoyment, and so forth. There's the, there's there's another aspect of the Varnashram that's called moksha. Moksha. But if you study the Varnashram, moksha is kind of a quiet word in the background. Dharma, art, and kama is what it's all about. Moving in the world. And when you get you know through that course and exasperated with that, um, then... And the idea of resting sounds good. You went to Brahma Lok, you stayed there a long time, and all of a sudden you find yourself back down on earth again. Hmm? 
since this isn't this isn't working, <laughs> so to speak. So to go to moksha, get relief. And everybody wants uh, freedom, and we are teaching about slavery. Hmm? How popular will it be? It's a hidden idea, complete and utter, uh, you know, dedication and service to Bhagawan, as if his senses are our senses. That's the idea of bhakti. We accept his senses as our senses. And as a result, we get senses and a mind that are suited entirely and drawn naturally only to the pleasure of his senses. Hmm? A new body we want. So dharma, artha, kama, moksha. Hmm? Moksha means to go beyond the varnashram. But it means to go to sleep, really, in a sense. Hmm? In Krishna Lok, in Golok, in the Braj Lila, you see the difference. How awake everything is. I'm explaining. Even the cowherds, friends of Krishna, who are said to sleep all night while the gopis are out with him at night, they're not in deep sleep. <laughs> their their minds are going constantly dreaming, and and just as a they are up at the daybreak and they are, uh, to use a horse analogy, chumping at the bit, right? Your horses. Uh, to, uh, they're just, they can't even stand still enough for their mothers to dress them and decorate them. Their minds and hearts are out the door in the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj, hmm? um, where Balaram is standing and blowing his buffalo horn, calling them all to come and start the day and wake up Krishna, hmm? who just closed his eyes practically. <laughs> and some of them who are more uh, close with him, of course, they venture up the stairs to uh, navigate the, the, the issues that will arise, basically, as Mother Yasoda Rohini come on the scene and tell him, come on, it's it's time to milk the cows, get up, brush your teeth, and, and we got work to do here. This is not a place for lazy people. Golok. <laughs> Bhakti's not for lazy people. Come on. But, you know, he's got, he's, he, he, he's, instead of wearing his own shawl, he's got Radha's shawl on. Something happened last night, and, or there's some symptoms of his rendezvous. Hmm? And so the Sakirasa has to, has to navigate the course with the Vatsali Rasa, who, who would take exception to that. Hmm? Sakirasa is very favorable to Madhuri Rasa, and so these boys are familiar with Krishna's rendezvous, and so they're able to quickly, very artfully, make excuses and explain the situation away and keep the secret of uh, Krishna's love for Radha and the gopis such. Maybe she suspects Mother Yashoda. She would even like it to happen. Hmm? Krishna would run off with Radha, but, but it's not proper. Hmm? We don't do that. So I wish we could. So she's not against it, but but in the context of the Leela, and, uh, it's, it's, it's a problem. Hmm? So the point is, it's a very, it's a moving affair. It's a, it's a, there's, no, there's no time for... Sleeping, our sadhaka life should be like that. It should be busy for serving Krishna. We should use our sadhaka daya such that 
uh, it is completely taxed. That's the idea. What he's explaining there, by in words, in mind, in body. That's the body is. Uh, we are now living within the parameters of what constitutes bhakti. It's sadhana bhakti. It's a practice, a practice um, based on theory, based on association, uh, contagious association. And so forth. We're we're informing our practice further by theoretical knowledge, the sambandha gyan, who's who, what's what, how it works, and that initiation is a culture of that sambandha gyan. Hmm? And there's a theoretical sambandha gyan uh, that our Gurudev will get us, give us, and that informs our practice, which enables our practice to be well, to be more informed, and better uh, pursued. And then, as we do that. This, this theoretical knowledge, of course, becomes realized. And when Sambandha Gyan is complete, realized, so to speak, let's say, for example, I know who I am in relation to Krishna. Hmm? As a result of Sadhasanga, the seed that was planted with Sadhasanga, now it's come to bear fruit. Sadhana Bhakti is finished. One enters into Bhava Bhakti. And now the same activities that you were doing in Sadhana Bhakti, you're doing, but they're arising not out of a practice, but out of deep and spiritual emotion. Now the manas, which is the seed of desire and emotion in the subtle body, is is saturated with the sarup shakti. It's no longer uh, a, really a product, if you will, of the maya shakti. Hmm? It, 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 the sarup shakti is like riding on the whole... It, it, would you say, yeah... Um, um, Engulfing the entire of the uh, 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 Antakaranas, subtle body, it happened because the physical gross body uh, aspect of your sadaka daya was was fully absorbed, mm-hmm. and and so this now the, the subtle body is absorbed, and 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 we enter into bhava bhakti. Right now, our bhakti is is driven. Our same practices are driven by spiritual emotion. So this is a kind of siddha, kind of a perfection. Still it's cultured until that uh, budding uh, identity, an emotional, uh, ecstatic identity, we talked about it at length the other night, that idea, um, is fully blossomed. That we call uh, prem. So, a little bit of the, the course, right? It starts with the sadaka, Deha, the spiritual, the practitioner's body, hmm? and we adorn it with a tilak. We decorate it with a tosimala, hmm? Hmm? and uh, and so forth. Uh, it's uh, it's not you know it's not a you're not the body. I mean that's a way of talking about it, and it can be important to emphasize that. But sometimes we look at it the other way. You are the sadaka deha now. Hmm? It's a body positive perspective. <laughs> hmm? You are the body. Hmm? This is a sadhaka deya. And so, my identity, Vaishnav Das, Guru Das, hmm? uh, and so forth. Das is the, well, the the family name, or, or Dasi, right? And we have our first names as well. So, <laughs> so. A little bit, anyway, about the uh, sadhaka day and the idea of sadhana. So the questions about prayer, which is one of the angas of bhakti, it's a very powerful anga because um, 
uh, in my experience, and I think your own will bear it out as well, when you pray, you can't be thinking about something else at the same time. If you're praying, it's like that's what you're doing. You can't be thinking about something else. So, in uh, in one sense, bhakti is an ongoing kind of a prayer. Um, Prabhupada once said that the, the, the Hare Krishna Mahamantra is the perfect prayer. Of course, when we invoke it, we're doing kirtan. It's a separate anga, but um, and vandana is uh, is prayer. Now, there are different kinds of prayer, and that's what we're talking about, right? So, some different things to be said. There's a difference between prayer in sadhana bhakti and prayer in bhava bhakti. And that's how I got going on these uh, divisions. There's also, and we'll, we'll go into that a little bit, but there's also uh, a kind of a basic division within formal prayer. Mm-hmm. And within formal prayer, if you will, there's it so that it means there's informal prayer as well, right? In the formal prayer, which is, and there are many of them recorded in the scriptures that can be committed uh, to heart and recited, and they're very powerful because this is a vandanam coming from siddhas. Hmm? Like Akura's prayers coming into Vrindavan, uh, you know, they're very, they're, there are some beautiful and very powerful sections of, 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 of prayer in the Bhagavatam. Hmm? Um, so, you know, and it's, it's not, it's not only what you say, it, it's who says it. A lot of speech can be very hollow. Hmm? That Sukadeva's speech is not like that in Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? You see, as he, as he gives the narratives, he's living the narratives. He's writing on what he's, if you study carefully what he's saying, as Vyasa's written it down, you can see he, he's experiencing emotions in the context of narrating the Leela, and some he's hesitant to speak about, and he, he, he holds himself back, and so forth. And, um, and some he, yeah, he's, uh, well, experiences different emotions into it, so it's, it, it's, this is just a way of helping to us to understand that as we get into the Bhagavatam text, for example, which is the very heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it's fathomless. I mean, you never stop to think, what are the emotions of Sukadev when he spoke the verse? What is he feeling? Did that ever come to your mind? Probably not. <laughs> You're trying to figure out what he's even saying, but how he's feeling. Do you ever think that he had feelings? You know, or is it just something on paper? You know, it's actually rich and deep. So we enter what are Sukadev's feelings? Even it's like you've gone to another dimension here, and you can live, if you will, in the pages of the Bhagavatam. There are real people in there. Hmm? They're more real than our persona, which is very much here today and, and, and gone tomorrow. And the Bhagavad people, they're just not going to go away. You can burn the book and whatever, they're just not going to go away. Hmm? They represent um, a uh, a reality that this is but a but a, but a reflection of just a really a mirage there's something here but it's not what it what it appears to be and if it appears to be anything it's it's a shadow of of the substance we can learn something about the substance from the shadow but we should learn how to come out to come out of the shadows <laughs> and enter into the substance so uh, it's a rich text and some of the sections there are they're beautiful prayers. Now they will be attra- uh, attractive to different devotees at different times in their trajectory and their progress, 
in relative to their ideal and and so forth. Um, but that's an important aspect of prayer, right? That there are powerful prayers. I mean, we're going to look at the prayers of Rupa Goswami the other day. Uh, his Holiness, His Grace, the Prabhanu Swami, Prabhanu Maharaj, Prabhanu Das. Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> the rest of his family there about that one. But, Panchajani uh, <laughs> Kijai. He he asked me about a prayer that he found in a, in a in a one of the uh, Archon texts uh, that, about deity worship, and so it was a prayer glorifying Radha, and it said a number of beautiful things about her, and ended with, she's the mother of everyone. So I thought that was a little kind of odd, you know, the mother. And, and it is a little odd. I mean, it is true. Sometimes we think, in a very broad sense, we describe Krishna as the father of everyone, right? Ahambija pradapita, he says. I am the seed-giving father of everyone. He's saying it, of course, he's talking about his aspect of Vishnu and, and so on. Um, so it seemed a little bit out of place, and I said, "Yeah, I wouldn't use that one." <laughs> uh, you know. So, um, um, but amongst the written prayers, if you will, in the Bhagavatam or in the works of the Goswamis, when you go there, there you can find the works of the Goswamis. Prayers that would be very pertinent to your your your, your practice. Hmm? So they're worth committing and learning, and, and this is a form of abundance to recite then prayers of Rupa Sanatan, of Vrindabandas. We do, in fact, in the, in in my own, um, if you will, uh, sacred preface to before speaking when we try to invoke uh, auspiciousness, um, I invoke the uh, the one of the opening stanzas of Vrindabandas Thakur, where he glorifies. Uh, Gornatananda, Ajano Lumbito Budo Bujo Konakabadato, you know. And then, then the next one, Bande Shri Krishna Chaitanya. This is the, a similar glorification of Gornatananda on the part of Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami. They both are worshippers of Gornatai from different perspectives, and each of their texts have, have uh, revealed um, different um, facets of the jewel of Gora Nityananda. But besides the fact that we're remembering Gora Nityananda the prayers, really our minds are going to those two sadhus. Hmm? And what this is the tip of the iceberg of what they know has come from them. What That they might bless us. Hmm? Hmm? So to take the prayers of great sadhus is, is to pray to Krishna, but, to, but also uh, to get close to the sadhus and think what what was on their mind. What, what this is very uh, um, very important. I want to say. Um, um, once in this regard, uh, a friend of mine, his name at the time was was Guru Kripa Maharaj. Um, I was young. He was young too, <laughs> but he was a sannyasi, and I was a was a brahmachari, and so um, he was famous, and I was too. <laughs> but, but he was the senior guy because he was a sannyasi. So he said he cited this prayer: "Namo Mahabodhanaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gaurakrishna Namaha." It's a famous, famous prayer of Rupa Goswami, describing the 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 the, 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 the nam 
the guna, uh, the and uh, uh, the uh, the lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's very very nice. Namo Mahabhadanaya, Krishna Prema Pradayate, Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gauda Tishenama. His form is described. Gauda Tishay. It's a golden, right? His name Krishna. His uh, his uh, his uh, quality, Mahabhadanaya. His lila Krishna Prema Pradayate. Mahabhadanaya means. His lila is his quality, not his. His I want to say his his, his guna, his quality, is magnanimous, and his his lila, Krishna prema to give Krishna to everyone. So it's a very nice prayer. I mean, I'm unpacking it a little bit. So he's guided the prayer. He says, "What do we? What do you think of when we say this prayer?" So I said, "Obviously, you have something in mind that you think I don't know." So. I'll just say I don't know what. What do you think of what? What should we think of? I said it nicer than that, but uh, <laughs> respectfully. <laughs> and then he he gave a very beautiful answer, and it's this is what I'm talking about. He said, "Rupa Goswami." Mm-hmm. The prayer is all about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's a fact, and his mind is going to Rupa Goswami to be to be. To endear ourselves to such persons, and they're living persons, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, what? Living still in sound. Right? People think, what is it, that Vaishnavas die? He reasons ill who thinks that Vaishnavas die while living still in sound. And living so, they spread the holy name around, something like that. Thakur Bhakti Vinod Kijai. So, to endear ourselves to the Vaishnavas, so the prayers, right? And then what are their prayers? And who are they? So it's a very uh, potentially absorbing uh, subject. <laughs> so, there are formal prayers. Now, uh, to create a formal prayer is also possible. And there's some, uh, I want to say, uh, math to that as well. Um, as there is to poetry and music, people think it's just people have talent; they just do it. But there's actually some some math that underlies such things. So, the basic structure of the 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 prayer is: we will first glorify the the person to whom we're praying, Krishna, let us say something about him, right? Then we. St- state our own position. Hmm? And I am like this. Hmm? And so there's a big gap. And then within our petition, please close the gap. <laughs> Something like that. So this is the basic way. We, we want to offer prayers to Krishna, opposed from your heart. This is a basic kind of formula. Hmm? First you glorify Him, then you state your own position. And don't be neurotic about it, but just uh, honest. And uh, and then your your request, if you will. Hmm. You can see it in Prabhupada's prayer in the Jaladuts also. He glorifies Krishna. He says it in a peculiar Brajbasi way, um, saying, speaking about him in light of uh, his love for Radha, which is how he likes to be spoken about, and which is to speak about him most accurately. 
And um, and and then you know he does state his own position that I am the servant of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who is your Manjari, and I'm unqualified in every way. But he's asked me, she's asked me to do something, and that's Gauravani Pracharane, to speak about Gaur in other countries in the Western world. And I don't have any qualification. But I'm thinking that because my Gurudev is dear to you, and he, she wants that, that, and she's servant of Radharani, and you are dependent on her, then it would be good for you. My request is that you give me the power to do that. So it's built in there, something like that. This is his request, and we are all here because of that uh, prayer. Hmm? That's why we're here. He got the power. Hmm? He said, if you want power, let me turn to my older brother. Hmm? He's a pretty strong guy. He's supporting the whole, all the worlds in the form of Nityananda and really put his power. I mean, it, you couldn't have got a more powerful Avesh. I mean, there's no more powerful person than Nityananda Prabhu except Krishna himself, but he thinks Balaram is stronger. And, and uh, that's debatable. I mean, he is mostly thought to be a little stronger than Krishna. But Prabhupada had a slightly different opinion when he made with the, pic, the, 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 the beautiful deities of Krishna and Balaram, you know, them standing in, in, in their, on their his central altar in Vrindavan, they come out of his heart. That form of Krishna and Balaram was never ever manifest in the world anywhere. Hmm? There are some deities of Krishna and Balaram, rarely you'll find, very, very rarely, but they're not standing like that. So this is, was, was manifest in Prabhupada's heart, and he explained, make them like this. Hmm? And Krishna's and Balaram has got his hand on Krishna's shoulder and uh, right left hand, and and then Krishna's standing there with his 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 flute and one hand and his hip hand on his hip on the other hand. So thinking about this this um, form, this this um, it's it's really a, it's really a window, a still picture of the motion picture of the of the leela. That is giving us the opportunity to meditate on. Uh, so uh, there he is, and he asks, Prabhupada asks, "So who's stronger, Krishna or Balaram?" Hmm? And then, so the devotees would offer different response, and and Prabhupada said, "Well, Balaram is leaning on the shoulder of Krishna, so it must be Krishna." So, typically, it's thought Balaram's a little, a little, a little more powerful, but. But Prabhupada will, of course, he's attracted to Krishna and Balaram both. But, um, but Krishna's leela extends into romanticism, that, that a romanticism that Balaram's doesn't. And Prabhupada would be a kind of friend that would go that that down that course. And so, forth. so, uh, so, but I had asked earlier, and I didn't give you a chance to answer. If Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam are the four words. That represent the tattva of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. What? Let's cut it in half. What, in two words, would sum up the bhava of Gaudiya Vaishnavism? Who can say? No, that's four words. Oh. <laughs> no, no. 
Jai Radhe. That is a, this is the bhava of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Jai Radhe. She is, she is the Vrindabhaneshwari, right? Hmm? She's ruling over Krishna's life uh, entirely. Hmm? Hmm? Uh, so, so um, we see, anyway, in the construction of the prayer of sort, these aspects, Prabhupada's glorifying Krishna, and he's he, he really glorifying him, in, in a sense, in a very um, rasic sense, by speaking about him and to him in relation to his his position of uh, of subordination really to Radha's love dependence on Radha's love it's a it's a it's a bhava perspective he's saying a very nice thing about Krishna if you want to say something glorify Krishna you want to get his ear so he's I want to say he's glorifying him in the context of he really gets his ear there whoa that's what you want that's you you know that and and now okay. Not everybody's supposed to know that, um, that, and it will actually turn the world, religious world, upside down. The yogis will roll over in their in 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 their samadhi. Uh, the Ramanujas tried to close down my sampradaya when I started it as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because of, because in Jaipur, hmm, the Radharani was standing next to Krishna, hmm, and they were being given the offering before. Narayan and so forth. So, the Goswami's bringing Radha, if you will, into into the picture. I was once in Vrindavan, and Chaitanya Goswami from the Radharaman Temple. I was talking with him, and he was a young boy when he first met Prabhupada, and he was telling me about, you know, I met Prabhupada when Prabhupada was in Vrindavan in the early days of Iskon, really. Uh, I believe it was then. It made me, yeah, it was, and um, and he. Um, I said, I asked Swamiji, I said, Swamiji, what is the most, uh, uh, how can we please Krishna the most? Hmm? And he was very, you know, inspired by Prabhupada's, I don't know, he, he had just had a, you know, a way about him, Prabhupada. <laughs> it was very attractive and uh, compelling, right? And so he said, and, and Swamiji, he said, the best way to please Krishna that is, please, Radharani. Then he said, "Oh, then I knew he was so bona fide." <laughs> I mean, he gave a total Brajbasi answer that a Brajbasi was asking, and, and he hadn't thought that far himself. You know, this obvious, that's the yeah, complete. The question is answered. We're doing the right thing. <laughs> We're right. That's what we do here, <laughs> right? That the prophet was was really, really there, so to speak. You know, it wasn't just something to say. Hmm? He, was, he was living in it. Hmm? So. So, formal structure to prayer, that's, uh, somebody said something about that. Then, in relation to what I was saying earlier, there's prayer in sadhana bhakti and there's prayer in bhava bhakti. So the difference between the two, Jiva Goswami explains, is that prayers in sadhana bhakti will be constituted predominantly with a mood of submission and aspiration for attaining Sharanagati and its corresponding internal shraddha. Internal shraddha means faith, and it's a real and tangible thing that manifests sixfold in what we call sharanagati, surrender, both hands up, not one hand. Hmm? Astrobody, one hand doesn't work. Hmm? Right? She was holding her sari with one hand, other hand raising Govinda, and it wasn't working. 
She let go of trying. Hmm? Did she, she, she stop making an effort? No. She didn't stop making an effort. This was her effort. To put the other hand up. That's the effort in bhakti. To put both hands up. There's effort. Effort to get grace. I'm over here. You want you're not going to wave one hand when there you are. You want to attract the airplane or whatever when <laughs> you're stranded in the ocean. They got to put both hands up there and dance. Maybe they see something moving on the ocean down there. Pick them up. Pick her up. So, so, um, so uh, this Sharanagati. Hmm? Everyone in Braj is a Sharanagata. They're premikas more, but it, 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 the drama if you will, of Krishna Leela, it's performed on the stage of Sharanagati. Hmm? Indeed, even really Asalika's life, this is what we learned about Prahlada on the, the Sringa Chaturdasi when we were speaking. Itipum sarpito Vishnu's bhaktis chenavalakshna kriyeti bhagavati adha tanmande dittam uttamam tadu shravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam Padasevanam vandanam, dasyam, sakyam, atmani, vedanam. Prahladmar says, you got to give yourself, means you give your body, your mind, over, and then with them you engage in bhakti. You don't give, you don't do something and give the result to Krishna. You give yourself to Krishna. Hmm. That's different. That's different between karma yoga and bhakti yoga. Karma yoga, you do something, after it's done, you give, offer the result to Krishna. In bhakti yoga, you give yourself to Krishna. You can see there will be a different result, right? Mm-hmm. So, so sadhana bhakti in one sense is, it's a culture of bhava bhakti, that's the goal, that's its ideal, that's the, that's the perfection of the sadhana bhakti, to graduate and enter into the emotional life of, of bhakti, but also, it's very much about, as I say, erecting this stage in the heart of Sharanagati. And then when it's erected, you can say, appearing in a theater near you, very soon, on your heart. But if we're not busy to make that stage, then we're, and we're talking about the drama and the bhava and so forth, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, first deserve, then desire. Some work has to be there. You've got to become a stagehand before you can become a player. If you want to learn about arts and drama, you've got to do a lot of work first before you can actually get a role right, in the play. Hmm. Um, so, that's our ideal, to get the role. So prayers of submission, you know, with that spirit in mind. Whereas, in Bhava Bhakti, the prayers are characterized by longing, Hmm. Lolia, Lola Samai Go Rango Bolite Hobe, Pulaka Shari, Hari Hari Bolite Nayane Bobania. This is Narutam Thakur's prayer. Hmm. And that prayer we sing, it is all about really what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was experiencing in the Gambira. End of his Leela, where where the point where Gaur Leela internally in Mahaprabhu turns into Krishna Leela and he actually becomes Radha. Hmm? 
Krishna wants to become to you know to, to wear her, step into her shoes. He's successful in the in the Gambira. Hmm? Gambira means deep. It's a deep place. Deep place. It's a very small room. You ever been there, in Puri and seen the, the Gambira? I don't know. It's it's not even eight by ten. I don't think. It's a stone room that he lived in. Hmm? Last night I was invited to a Mennonite ceremony here. The person that uh, man that does the grading for us and made roads, he's a Mennonite. So whenever he comes, I chat with him and so forth. So they had an event, and so he invited me. And the children of this of the group were reciting poems and singing songs. Oh, happy day, Jesus! Is, you know, like this it was. It was very inspiring, actually. Hmm? It. It was different, but it was they were living in like some section of heaven is how I kind of saw it because they actually have they actually have no television internet or any they have no they they don't do any of that stuff so they really don't even, they're not in any way involved in politics, which would be a great relief probably <laughs> can imagine they don't know who the president is and they don't care that's what somebody else wants to do. Okay, in a world that's that's not our home, somebody wants to be the president in a world that's not his own home. They think that's pretty silly, but somebody's got to do it. I mean, they they do it. So, but that's not what we want. They are like just living in this world for one purpose only. One of their songs was, "My goal is heaven." Hmm? I should get the little pamphlet they sent. They gave me. I I keep it. My goal is heaven was the last song. They're living here only to go to heaven. That's all. For, for the, 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 he told me, I said, let me see the church next to the church. He showed me the church. He said, we don't do anything fancy here. The building was rather stark and, and simple. And basically he was saying, you know, this is their perspective, no need to build a big fancy temple because we're not going to be staying here. <laughs> Heaven's a real place to go. Hmm. Um, they were a bit somber in a way. You know, I would say, um, and they allowed no, no um, um, opportunity for any individual to be subject of praise. Now, it's a little different from our perspective, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a nice idea. We, we don't want to be praised ourselves, and some people are affected by the desire to want attention and so forth, and it's unbecoming. And so, after each song, no applause. After the whole show, I mean, it began. The man, the man got up and said, "Thank you all for coming tonight." And um, uh, with that, let us commence. <laughs> so I, uh, okay. Then it was all over. He said, well, "That's our end of our program for tonight." And um, just one extra thing: the students have made some presents for the teachers. So if you bring them out, so they bring them out, they go and give them to the teachers, and nobody's going, oh, Haribo, what'd you get? Oh, you know, there's nothing like that. <laughs> no applause, no anything. Nobody, you know, thank you, you taught me. Yes, and you, Jesus, is all it was, all for him, you know. It was very nice, actually. And uh, and I realized, I, I mean, I thought, you know, they, these people would be looked as like really uh, psychologically, you know, deprived or something, or out of, you know, the fullness of what human life could be, all of it, you know, which is basically eating, 
you know, sleeping, mating, defending, in tweaking these things in so many different ways to make it seem like there's more than that's what it's really all about. And and they're just convinced that's what it's all about, and we do that too. <laughs> you know, but but it's not the main emphasis. It's not what life's really all about. It's not the main um, uh, uh, purpose, something like that. Uh, so living in this world to go that we do sadhana to attain to attain bhava. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in in the Lila, he was living in like a Mennonite room, you know. It's like it's it's a small room, there's nothing it, it, it's not your dream house. Hmm? Something like that. His dreams were elsewhere. Hmm? His dream was so big, living in such a small room. Hmm? unfurnished, undecorated, but such a big idea he had. That that's what overflows and has the power to inundate the whole world. Hmm? Hmm? So in bhava, then prayers are, the mood of the prayers are, are longing. Hmm? One has attained a position as a sharanagata, and now he's longing for the drama Right, the stage has been erected for the drama to appear in his heart, and as it begins to appear, to 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 get up on the stage himself. Hmm? How uh, what an uh, audacious, presumptuous thought! But he realizes, she realizes that's what's opportunity has been placed before me, and I'm going for it. I want to step on the stage. Hmm? And he enter, and he comes back out and enters, and then one day he gets down the stage, and everything works. Hmm? You know, you know. This there's a song. You know, do the steps that you've been shown by everyone you've ever known, and in the end, you'll do the dance alone, something like that. It'll be your own dance. So this should be our sadhaka's life. Do the steps that you've been shown by everyone. You've ever known. When it was all over, everyone is your guru. Everyone ever taught you anything, even taught you what not to do by their example. Then you're uh, offering prayers to them. Hmm? Hmm? And, and and now, in the end, uh, it's, it's your dance now. You're on the stage, and all it all fits, and you're accepted by all the other ecstatic elements and, and persons, they've all arranged perfectly, and Sakyarati, Madhuryarati turns into Madhuryarasa, Sakyarasa may be the case, and so forth, and Yadgatvanani Vartante, Tadama Paramamma. Is it really an, an act? Hmm? You'll never return from there. You'll never go back into your seat. What to speak of, leave the theater. Bhaktivinoda hmm? Thakur said, Ami Jamunapulane Kadambakanani Kiarini Kiherimi Sakyaja. What does he say? He says, Tajekulalaj Praja Braja Raj Vinoda Minote Kore. Tajekulalaj Praja Braja Raj Vinoda Vinoda Minote Kore. He says, I stepped out of my house. And my backyard turned into Goloka Vrindavan. Then there I saw the Jamuna and Radha and Krishna and Vishaka 
and he goes on about it, and he speaks about it poetically and briefly. The Kadamba tree was there, and so forth. And then he says, "Tejigula Raj, Brajra Brajra Raj, Vino Nadamino Tikori." I'm I'm never going back in that house again. Tejigula, <laughs> I'm never going back in there again. Once you're under the stage, never getting back in a seat, and never what a speaker going out of the theater. The whole the whole the the audience and what anybody cares or thinks about doesn't matter. Doesn't matter now. They think you're a madman. Let them. You're right. They're right. Hmm? And you roll on the ground and chant and weep and and people think maybe they should take you to the hospital or something like that. You meet people like that in Vrindavan and they will never leave. They chain themselves so that people who don't understand very well won't take them to the hospital. Hmm? They look like they're dying, but they're in ecstasy hmm? and and moving from the prakat lila to the uppercut lila. And there's some foolish people on the surface only the can I want to take him out to take him to Delhi to the hospital. They chain themselves to, to stay in Vietnam and, and, and I'm never going to those places, to the world, hmm? so-called world. Hmm? No. Hmm? So that we should pray, to go to that world, right? Where only Krishna's pleasure is, uh, is the only thing going. The Swarup Shakti is just moving like a shadow, following Krishna everywhere anticipating his every desire in Leela and facilitating it through so many uh, devotees that um, she has uh, infused, if you will, with herself. Hmm? Uh, so wh- when you have desire, which is a potential of the, of the soul, uh, in connection with the environment of the Sarup Shakti, your, your desires are only going to be for pleasing Krishna, and the Sarup is going to manifest circumstances. And the Leela goes on like this, only moving everything, only for the pleasure of Krishna. Hmm? Uh, full life, just like here. Hmm? Only difference is we've got it properly centered. Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam, Jai Radhe. <laughs> something like that so uh, I'd have to look exactly but I think that that was it in those prayers you were you were asking so how should I pray in terms of you know should we pray at different stages and everything well I think you will naturally some people will pray to Krishna help them overcome their their problems and, and so forth all of it's good hmm? we should develop the tendency to, to take shelter of Krishna that will be very good for us we'll develop a samskar for that even for the wrong thing Therefore, when Sukadev begins his narrative uh, to uh, to Parikshit Maharaj in response to the king's ardent, uh, sincere inquiries, um, he in the early early chapters of the second canto where he begins, he he in one section he speaks about different types of worship. If you want good health, worship the sun god. If you want this, worship that god. If you want this, worship that God. I don't remember which the gods, that's not the important part, because it all ends with Akama, Sarvakama Va, Mokshakama Udharadi. Whether you're Akama, whether you have no desires, he said, or whether you have Sarvakama, you can relate to that, all kinds of desires, hmm? or whether you have Mokshakama, desire for Moksha, Whatever whatever your state of desire is, akama, 
Sarvakamuva Mokshakama Udharadi Tivrena Bhakti Yogena Yajeta Purusham Param. The whole previous section was if you want this, do that. If you want this, do that. If you want to do this. Really, what he's really saying there, and it's, that's the concluding verse, do bhakti yoga to Krishna. No matter what state of desire you're in, that'll be good for you because you may, you, 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 you Krishna may not even fulfill your desire. Still, you should do it <laughs> but because you'll get a scar for taking shelter of Krishna. Hmm? That, will, that will build a spiritual life for you. So, we should try to do that. And then he, and so, of course then, yes, relative to our progress, things will be in our mind and we should approach Krishna for that. There are, there are those prayers that, or the sense that we shouldn't ask Krishna for material things, right? True. Mm-hmm. That's a lower idea. If you're low, then that's what you do. <laughs> then do that, you know. That's, that's a, what, what can you say? You gotta be honest. We go somebody else. Mm-hmm. Krishna says, Ma may come. Sharanam Braja. Sharanagati means also me alone, he said. Take shelter of me alone. Yeah? And it doesn't matter if you have material desires or you don't have material desires. Yes, your prayers would be a little different, but it should be me me, me alone. Not, not that I pray to Krishna for praying, but I want something else, so I'll go somewhere else. Krishna's the whole Thor. I mean, he got everything. <laughs> everything comes from him. You know, he can... Anybody's ability to bestow any benediction in the Gita says it comes from me. Hmm? So this sensibility we should, you know, get you know, uh, within ourselves and make him the, the you know, the, the sole um, object of our uh, veneration and and and, and shelter. Hmm? That'll be good for us. And as we do, then gradually, you know, the, uh, what to pray for and how to pray will become more understood. But if we're a little theoretically um, educated and so forth, more I should say, and practiced, then you know we should we should basically pray to attain the um, residence in Krishna's lila to, to get in on on the stage. As I said, and we may be a little shy to think that, but that's the opportunity. That's uh, what can you say? Uh, the opportunity's been presented, so I do want it. I don't deserve it. I know that, but I want it. And I, but I, I'll. At the same time, I want to function in a, in a way that's appropriate to my present situation. So, let me aspire for that, pray for that, and please give me the wisdom by which I can do that in a way that makes sense in terms of where I'm at right now. Hmm? So that I don't act um, in an unbecoming way by um, barging in where I'm not like uh, invited yet, or <laughs> I'm not dressed for the occasion. Something like that. So, I could say, you know, you go to the mall, you see the thing. Here's room 108. Here you want to go. And it also says, and you are here. You are here. And so you need to see both, right? You have to keep your eyes, um, your mind there. And then you got to keep your eyes on where the next step is. Something like that. So, both things. Anyway. A long answer, but Sadhana Bhakti ki jai, Goradamadhu ki jai, Gor Bhakti Vrinda ki jai, Gor Premanandi. So how long are we talking now? For? It's ten after. Ten after seven. So it's a pretty long discussion, and maybe you want to move around and uh, 
I don't know what's next in the program. Some. Oh, hey. A, <laughs> don't, don't let me get in the way of <laughs> That's also bhakti, take prasad. Mahaprasad, Gijai. Go with Premanandi. Oh.